Okay, well, welcome back. We are beginning the third chapter of the Gospel in the Book of Ruth. As we come to chapter 3, notice in verse 1, it says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? Now, you've got to realize that Ruth, she probably was just a teenager's teenager. If she was in her 20s, she was very early in her 20s. But there's reason to believe that she might have been anywhere from 14 to 17 years of age. Girls in that part of the world married very young. And so she had many years of life. She had the possibility of having uh, quite a few children and so Naomi is saying to her, look, I'm an old lady now. I'm, I'm past childbearing age. But you, you still have a life ahead of you. It's time we start finding a rest for you. Now that word rest means in the home of a husband. It means a, a place of security. What does the word husband mean? It comes from an old word which means house band. He is the one who holds the house together. And it's within that home that the wife is to find security and peace of mind, which brings her rest. And the children also. And this is one of the problems we face in America today, that instead of the husband holding the family together and making it a place of security, too often... The husband is the one who causes all the abuse and the problems that disrupt the home. So, guys, hidden in the back of this, there's a message that he's trying to get across to us when Samuel writes this. And he may not be thinking of this, but yet there is that implication in the word husband itself. Let's look at verse 2. And now... Is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he wintereth barley tonight in the threshing floor. So now that he's, he's got all the harvest done, and they're sorting the grain and everything, he'll be up there in this big pile of grain. Remember when they, after they sorted it out, they take and they toss it into a pile, and then they toss the grain into a pile. And he's going to be up there tonight. And then she starts telling her a few things. Now, apparently, Naomi may not be aware that there's another relative who's closer than Boaz. Whether she does know that or doesn't, we don't know. She says, wash yourself, therefore, get all dolled up, take a bath, anoint thee. Now, they used to take oil and put it on their hair. You know, they didn't have suave or they didn't have uh, mousse or uh, what, what are some of the other goops you put on your hair? Yeah, gel. And she said, take and put oil on your hair. Now, the reason they did that was for good reason. They used to put oil on their skin, too, for several reasons. It's so hot in that area that you would sweat that sweat out. Well, the oil helps to keep the uh, fluid in your body. 
it also acts like a sunscreen. It also is good for grooming. And so, a matter of fact, I had uh, a friend of mine in college. He was Puerto Rican, and his hair was black, but he had a little white spot back here on the back of his head. And he didn't like that. So he would take olive oil, and every day he'd rub olive oil on there, and it darkened it up, you see. So, hey, I'm not in the cosmetic business, so I don't know, I don't know the validity of all this, but he said that's why he did it. Anyway, he says, take a bath, put on your raiment, your best garment, and get up there to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. Now, we get the impression sometimes from this that he's gorging himself and getting drunk. That is not what it's saying. It's saying until he's finished his meal. Now, what happens when you have a big meal? It's called 2.30 in the afternoon, and they gave us this seminar in dead man's hour, right? As a matter of fact, forgive me, I may fall asleep on my own seminar because there's a, there's a, a cord attached from my stomach, goes right up to my eyelids. And the more I put in the stomach, down go the shades, Right? So after he's finished eating and drinking, he's going to take a nap. And verse 4, And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. And thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Now that sounds... Today, that sounds pretty risque, right? But he, here he is, he's got a spot near the grain. As a matter of fact, we have reason to believe that here's the pile of grain right here, and it was probably a mountain of grain, because it was good year, good harvest. Boaz has his little tent. Sometimes they put cloth up and sleep under it. And next to him, there was probably the workers, maybe the foreman, and then another and another and another around the grain. Why? They were afraid of bandits coming in and stealing the grain. And so they would sleep around the grain. This will, this will surface later. And so he's asleep, and the, the uh, garment that he has on also serves as a blanket. So he's lying there, and she comes in, and she just uncovers his feet. And then she lays down crosswise at his feet. Now, remember I mentioned in another seminar that the feet were very important. First off, it's a sign of humility. That's the humblest part of your body is your feet. And by her lying down at his feet, she's showing submission to him. Do you ever see two dogs, you know, when one dog will come up and lie down and turn its belly up toward the other? That's a sign of submission. And so she is coming and saying, I am submitting to you. 
I want you to be my husband. She's proposing. Now, she's not aware of all this custom. Mama's instructing her as she goes, you see. you got to also remember, in the book of Job, when the Lord asked Satan what he was doing in the council, and he says, from I came from walking to and fro, up and down, all over in, in planet Earth. What's he saying? I can put my feet anywhere I want to, because this is my territory. So, by her laying down at his feet, she was saying that she was his property. And so, we find here some of these customs coming out. Look at verse 5. And he said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. She said, Okay, Mom, I don't know. If you say so, I'll do it. Look at verse 6. And she went down unto the floor... And did according to all that her mother-in-law had bade her. Verse 7. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. Now notice, it's dark by now. And a lot of people in reading this verse say, see, He was drunk. You know, he was tipsy from drinking all this stuff. And it it proves it because it says his heart was merry. He was having a good old time. Well, I don't think so. That is the implication of this. He was merry. He was happy. Why? He had a bumper crop. Don't forget there had been a famine. And now he's got a bumper crop. Of course he's happy. Not only that, how do we know that he wasn't drunk? Because that fogs up your thinking. But when we see what he does next, it shows that he's in his full faculties. And so she comes up quietly. He's sound asleep. He doesn't even know she's there. And verse 8. And it came to pass at midnight that The man was afraid, and he turned himself, and behold, a woman was at his feet. Now, he was afraid because he didn't know if bandits were going to come and take his crop. All he knows is he went to turn over and stretched out his leg, and he hit something. And he said, somebody said, somebody's right there. Was it a live body or a dead body? But somebody's down there. And so he, he was afraid, and he looked, and it wasn't a... A bandit? It wasn't a soldier. It was a woman. Whoa, what's going on here? Look at verse 9. And he said, Who are you? Don't forget it's dark. Who art thou? And she said, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Now what does it mean? She's just repeating what mama told her. And when it says, spread thy skirt over me, that is the fringe or the, the flap of the blanket that he had over her. Spread it over me. In plain words, I am under your authority. And so, 
she is also proposing to him. I don't know if it was Sadie Hawkins' day or what. But anyway, she says, I'm reminding you, you're a near kinsman. And I want you to marry me. That's what she is saying. Look here in verse uh, 10. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. So, in her doing this, notice Boaz. I can't get over Boaz. There are two men that really impress me in the Bible. One is Boaz, and the other is Joseph. You see, Joseph, here's a man who, his virtue comes out in the way he treats Mary. He could have put her aside when he found out she was pregnant. But he didn't. Of course, the Lord told him not to. But he was struggling with that. Here we find Boaz, and here's the woman just proposed to him. Notice what he says. He said, you've done me a favor. She's just asked him a favor. He says, no, you've done me a favor. You could have asked any of these young guys to be your husband. But you chose me, an old man, which tells us that Boaz was much older than she was. He was a father figure to her. What do you think he's calling her? My daughter, you see. Because Boaz could have been as much as in his 40s or 50s. I know, that's an old man, right? Depends whether you're on the 60s side of it or on the 20s side of it. But between 40 and 50, he could have been. And she is saying, I want you to be my husband. And he said, oh, you're doing me a favor. And the whole city knows that you're a virtuous woman. You're not one that goes around chasing after men. And so he wants to protect her virtue. He wants to protect her reputation. Now, if he were drunk, or if he were a base man, he would have taken advantage of that situation. But he didn't. He's in his proper mind, and he is virtuous. Look at verse 12. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. 